you are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Um, 
in this area among the locals. So, um, if you look at that, um, sort of what is it, why is it there? Uh, that's one of the things about the landscape that people, well, it's a nice little clip, isn't it? Uh, good to see that, well, hey, let's move on. What it actually is, is it's the um, Stone Age uh, coastline. Um, as the ice had depressed the, um, the land so much, um, all that low-laying land there was underwater at the time. And when you, when you hear stories like that, or you're told about how the sea broke through at different points um, of the coast at different times, then it sanded over and then it opened again, and ships could sail through and ships could sail through, all that thing, you then appreciate the landscape in a different way. So what you can see there is the main standstill line of the ice during the latest glaciation. And this is one of the reasons why you can see a complete glacial series of landscapes uh, in a very short area of, of the geopark. Uh, so you can see moraines, and you can see uh, outwash plains, and you can see cows and drumlets and remnants of three ice ages in this area uh, because of this happening right there. So, uh, Denmark was foolish, uh, happened on one or two occasions, and in 1864, uh, we waged war with Germany, um, and Bismarck came to the rescue of the Germans, and it, it, it wasn't pretty. Um, and we lost a lot of land along with the war, um, and this uh, caused the uh, former common land to be uh, planted as forest, which of course led to loads of conflicts at the time. Um, the area has a lot of um, natural and cultural history in these forest areas. Among them is a blind airstrip uh, created to fool the Allied bombers during World War II uh, and divert their attention from the real airbase a couple of miles to the west there. Um, today the area is managed also for recreation and beavers were released there a couple of decades ago. Um, and now people undertake beaver safaris normally by bus. <laughs> right, so um, public engagement um, sort of comes on the spectrum as most of you will be familiar with from consultation to uh, citizen-led development. And um, the further along you go with the engagement, um, the, the more time-consuming it will tend to be. But if you're successful, you also get many benefits, such as local knowledge and more ideas, problem-solving uh, capacity, uh, a sense of ownership in the local community, <coughs> and also practical assistance, which is something the uh, Geopark will rely on, um, as we don't have a thousand staff members. Let me just sort these. So even before the um, Geopark started, there were public meetings and workshops held uh, to capture the ideas and dreams of the local uh, people and the local businesses as well. And uh, a quite extensive list of stakeholders and supporters was created um, even years before we uh, launched the project. And this gave the local community the time to get uh, used to the idea, and uh, it also um, made possible early communication uh, in a sort of two-way with citizens at the time. Um, 
It is a, a stated goal of the Geopark to involve and align with the local wishes. So, um, to become a, an accredited Geopark, you must submit an, a quite extensive um, application to UNESCO where you self-assess and then they come and visit you and see if they agree with you in your own assessment. And it involves uh, describing and assessing the heritage that you've got in the area that relates to this geopark and geology. Um, and the local museums and attractions were asked to appoint chairs for the work groups. Um, but they're then working along with staff and volunteers with an interest in heritage to determine which of, which of our attractions will become the flagships in this. Um, we have also tried to uh, sort of capture the collective memory um, via both the local uh, history archives and uh, our elderly citizens. And you can see me down in the corner along with my nan, uh, because my nan was one of the people who, know, who knew a lot about <coughs> especially the interactions between the German occupation and the locals, and some of the creation of the Atlantic War. Um, and uh, local communities have restored water mills, um, interpreted the marine heritage, and are reviving the food traditions of the area. And we have been working with them. Um, as I said, it will be impossible to do everything ourselves. Um, so all these groups have come together to sort of make a rich uh, visitor experience possible. Um, we've also tried to involve immigrants and refugees into the Geopark. Um, and one of the things we have discussed doing is uh, to celebrate the earth and the soil of all our respective sort of homelands and, and native areas. Um, with pictures and tactile displays, because many people miss their homeland, um, and we're all, in a sense, attached to a place and a certain little piece of land. Um, and to give people an outlet for this longing, and also to celebrate the new opportunities of your new homeland, um, is a way to engage immigrant women in a way that we might not otherwise be able to. So, um, even though our wardens, here is one of them, uh, Jolie uh, Snapped from the local newspaper, um, he, um, he worked for many years in the area, um, but they're still surprised uh, by the underlying geological background for the things that they've uh, known and interpreted the surface of for many years. And we've um, started to offer training to these professionals um, as well as to volunteer uh, nature interpreters to get the um, geopark aspects into the interpretation. So the project group has uh, debated a need for a cohesive brand for the geopark uh, versus the many ideas and opinions of uh, local communities. And it's a challenge sometimes to get it right without stifling any initiative. Um, I just spoke to my project group at home um, who are starting up uh, training courses for the communities and volunteers on interpretation and safety and conservation. Um, they are then, after this training, allowed to use the Geopark um, logo and brand um, 
And this is sort of a way to make sure that things have a certain quality. So, it's always a danger, as somebody also mentioned, uh, to focus only on the loud and visible groups, um, to engage disability groups and ethnic minorities and the general public who are not really interested is, um, is actually the real, the real challenge. And it takes a lot of people's old networks and contacts and also a, an active effort to uh, at least inform these people. So, um, my internship with the GR Park has ended now, and I'm now doing a case study on community engagement, uh, volunteering, and partnerships and uh, ambassador courses in uh, Forest of Our Geo Park in Wales, uh, which is the western half of the Brecon Beacons National Park as well. And uh, this work is meant to form the basis for my dissertation this June. Um, so I'm there for another month and enjoying it, but I seem to have gotten this interest for geoparks. So um, that's all for me. Any questions? This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.